This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I feel like in the last 30 seconds I've cycled through very, very different moods because <laughs> we were talking earlier today about this sort of general malaise that we're in because of the on-off nature of the Premier League recently and and the FA Cup has sort of like definitely taken out uh, our turned our FPL brains off. But just right, now t- right. doing our little preamble before we started recording, um, we both started getting like kind of giddy and excited. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like the juice is loose now. I know. I think we just needed we needed we needed like the final phase of the season to start to happen. We needed teams to not play to, to make, you know, to create like difficult decisions and double game weeks on the line. And, you know, wild cards are going to start happening soon. And, you know, a lot of like casual managers who are doing better than me and like all 8,000 of my leagues are going to start falling off because they're not going to have players for game week 28. And so like, I'm excited, you know, like it's all starting <laughs> to come together the way, the way I actually like giggled as I said, that. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I'm not this. a man who giggles easily, but it was, I, 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 I know you well enough to say that's a fact. And I will <laughs> tell this to the always cheating listenership. Uh, we need the FPL back because they're all the, all of my Twitter stream the last week has been people gearing up their MLS fantasy teams and please god don't put me through that another season i need the fpl to come back and save me from did you set your team the whole all of last did you get all the way through december november no i set my i was one of the worst fantasy players like nobody wants to hang out with the guy like me the way i played mls fantasy i was that guy that joins your league and i didn't set my team a single time uh since the season started Wow. wow. Luckily, I was just playing by myself for fun, which is <laughs> just, just usually my life story. But I think it's it's healthy to only have one fantasy league that you're true or, you know, one fantasy game that you're truly obsessed with. Yeah, you know, like fair. even I, like people who do like even like football manager and FPL or uh, Champions League fantasy, like it's it's all just like a little too much for me. 
And I don't want to disparage the MLS, as people know. We were uh, proud season ticket holders for NYCFC. At least last season True. we were. Sure. Um, and uh, we love the MLS. We're proud Americans. I mean, to a degree, we're <laughs> proud Americans. But right. Nor do I. Mean, nor do I mean to disparage <laughs> fantasy obsessive. I mean, you know, far be it from us to talk. Right. We spend several hours a week recording a uh, fantasy podcast. Yeah, but let's be clear. You you came around the other day, and you had one of those like cranium measuring devices, and you <laughs> determined that my brain is really only. Only big enough for for one fantasy game. Like I do not. I'm have one of the last with. believers in phrenology. I'm <laughs> maybe the last one. In. <laughs> uh, so, Brandon, did you watch any football this weekend? There was uh, some interesting FA Cup matches. Yeah, it was actually uh, it was one of those weekends where you and I think the fixtures sort of lined up perfectly, where there were so many Cinderella stories in the making. Um, you know, various non non league sides or lower league sides playing Premier League sides so yeah i got i got excited about the fa cup for once and i watched some of it i went to the bar i went to banter um the the great uh football bar in williamsburg brooklyn met up with our good friend toby carroll who's a massive spurs fan and i got to watch my my second fulham game on the tv this season uh Mm -hmm. the, the first game was the first game of the actual championship season in which they destroyed newcastle not necessarily uh what would determine how the championship season would go. But yeah, full <laughs> they're of full still of, hanging around, right? They're like ninth or 10th. Yeah. The I think they're, they're, they have, uh, they have a game in hand uh, to get into the playoff spots being nine points behind. So they're conceivably six points out of the playoff picture, but mm-hmm. okay. yeah, but it's going to be very tough. And I was joking with our friend, Jeff Petter on social media, who's a Spurs fan. I was saying, I'll just give – Fulham fans will concede to Spurs here for the possibility that we make the championship playoffs. So save yeah. your energy, Whites. Like, let's let's get to the playoffs. Exactly. But, and even if you get to the playoffs and don't make it all the way through, at least at least you're back. Like, you're almost there, right? Like, you're, you're – you know, it's been kind of dark for Fulham. Oh, man. It's so true. It's been such a dark – like, since, since the uh, – since the era of God, I'm, I'm totally blanking on the manager's name who rubbed cheese all over uh, the defenders to heal them from their injuries. Yeah, it's yeah. been some bad times. So, but it was it was the, like a it was it was actually also fun watching the Manchester United Blackburn game. Uh, returning old favorites from FPL: Danny Graham, two Swansea guys, Danny Graham and Martin Emnes, who never played for Swansea. Wow. But I always yeah, thought he was one of the cooler looking players in the Premier League. He's got this like cool long hair that's in this like these these uh braids and he he is really he's got this really great touch on the ball and he was running the show for Blackburn even though yeah. Blackburn is yeah. by all accounts terrible this season. Uh I saw the I saw Arsenal's uh less than inspiring uh Sutton United win yesterday and uh I guess from an FBL perspective the big news though was the uh the Burnley match on uh Saturday morning which which I did watch and I mean it was kind of an amazing match to watch cuz you know it was not like I mean, I know. I think Lincoln City scored on their only shot on goal or something like that. But it was a pretty back and forth match. I mean, it was not like it was not like you know Burnley outplayed them the whole time and kind of got unlucky at the end. I mean, it was. 
I don't know. It was, it was a very strange match and uh, pretty, pretty awesome when, when Lincoln City won. But, you know, the big news there is, uh, you know, it opens up two more teams in, uh, in game week 28. So, um, yeah, I know uh, we're all dying to bring a Burnley defender in. I know. And as, as much as everyone wants to hear us talk about Fulham, I guess we should ta- start talking about <laughs> uh, the big news, uh, which is uh, the, guy, uh, the guy who ate a pie live on television. Isn't that, that the was, big news? That was, and that's so sad. I hope he gets his job back. Uh, big well, news to is, keep his money, his winning. Mm-hmm, yeah, game week twenty six or game week twenty eight planning. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the the eight teams that have fixture in uh, all in game week twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. There's only eight teams. Uh, expected to be only six, but now we uh, we have eight. I, I guess there there theoretically could be ten if somehow Man City loses at home to Huddersfield. But we're going to go ahead and assume that Man City will not. Uh, will not lose at home to Huddersfield. I do not think that's a likely possibility. If it does, then um, then they then they want to lose, right? <laughs> then they like or, are actively yeah. trying to lose. <laughs> I feel like a weatherman, but uh, I'm definitely predicting a case of Manchester City blanking in game. Too much, too much squad depth there. I mean, even if they, uh, you know, even if they uh, played their whole second string, I think they'd still uh, they'd still win that match. And I don't think Huddersfield actually necessarily cares if they go on either because they're trying to get promoted this year. So. Nolito's going to go out there with his floppy haircut, and he's going to beat the crap out of Huddersfield. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, Game Week 26 through 28, uh, the teams to play. We're going to answer some questions. Uh, we're going to look a little bit ahead to Game Weeks 29 through 31, too, and um, just just kind of take a glance that way and make sure that the decisions that we're making over the next three weeks aren't going to screw us uh, in the, the three weeks that, that you know, come after that. Um, uh, but first, I just wanted to note that we have a uh, we have a Patreon exclusive podcast, which is which, which we're recording on Sunday uh, of this week, and I'll probably get it up later that day. Uh, so it's um, kind of a cool one. It's kind of an interview, and but we're actually going to talk about ourselves a little bit too. Uh, and uh, I don't want to reveal the details yet because they're still getting finalized. But uh, it's um, it should be kind of a, a freewheeling FPL discussion. What about, here's a tease, should we, speaking of revealing things about ourselves, Josh, should we reveal our middle names only to people who are Patreon subscribers on this episode of the podcast? I think that's, yeah, that, that'll be the big reveal, actually, our precious middle names. And if Ladbrokes is taking odds on this uh, fat goalkeeper eating a pie, they're probably <laughs> taking odds on what our middle names are. That's true. That's true. Uh all right, Brandon. I'm just I'm not giving you anything in any of your jokes this episode. I'm just I, I'm so focused. It's a lot like it be me being around the office. I'm usually just making <laughs> yeah, really really terrible jokes and and all the uh, young people turn away turn away in disgust. All right, so we we did a podcast last week, so we're all caught up on the leagues. We're all caught up on uh, you know on our own teams. Uh, let's get right into it. Not even take a break. Game week twenty six or twenty eight. Uh, Brandon, I want to go team by team. Let's let's do this alphabetically. Uh, okay. Uh, talk about each of the eight teams that are playing all three fixtures. Now, it's not that you have to bring in players that are playing the. Like, for example, you could argue that you that, you know. Uh, the Chelsea transfers uh, make sense because uh, they're, they're home to Swansea and away to West Ham, and uh, you can transfer them, um, you know, back out before game week twenty eight. But I think, in general, most most people are going to have a hard time fielding a full eleven in game week twenty eight. And so, any of the moves that I know that I'm planning to make uh, before game week twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight are going to be geared towards having 
a full 11 in game week 28. So I, I think we should focus on those those teams that play all, all three of the fixtures uh, because it'll just make it a little bit easier for us to um, to focus the podcast. I agree, Josh. Yeah, let's focus up. You've got these yeah. eight teams in front of you, right? I don't know if I have them. Uh, I, I do. Well, I, I have this like little color-coded uh, grid that I stole from the Fantasy Football Scout uh, page. So that's, that's what I'm looking at right now. Okay. So the first team, Brandon, is Bournemouth. Once, once mighty FPL fun Bournemouth, now kind of... Kind They're of the whipping boys. Yeah, the Nathan Ake recall has somehow destroyed that team. It is interesting. Yeah, so I think, and, and Simon Francis has had some injury problems coming back from his red card. The defense is in complete shambles. Right. Uh, it is. It's, it was the collapse, the Arsenal collapse, right, where they were up, what, 3-1 in the 80th minute um, and uh, ended up drawing that game, right? And, uh, yeah, Francis got a red card. Aki yeah. was recalled, I think, like the following week. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's all been downhill. Yeah, it, it's been terrible. So I think the the guy that everyone is looking at right now is our old friend, uh, hologram for Joshua King. <laughs> and he has been he's been playing very far forward for a midfielder. He's priced at five point three million. He's been basically big. playing as a striker. Yeah. And, and which has been really tricky with. Bournemouth has had they've had so many weapons like Afobe, Colin Wilson, like sadly out for the season, injured again, um, and Joshua King just seems to keep popping up. And I know you brought in Junior Stanislaus, and he occasionally takes penalties when he actually plays in a game, right? Which uh, okay, so good. but but I yeah. think Joshua King is the only guy here worth looking at, right? Yeah, I I, I think so. Um, I mean, I guess maybe I mean get Charlie Daniels is. Not a bad shout, given how decimated that uh, right. defense if you, is. He's if you he's, look at their fixtures, though they're 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 away to West Brom, they're away to Man United, and they're home to West Ham. There's maybe what one one clean sheet out of three from those, true. those yeah, fixtures. Yeah, true. I mean, um, and, and there must be people now ahead of Charlie Daniels in the pecking order for penalties. Yeah, well, I guess Stanislaw was uh, when he was playing, and. Uh, yeah, I brought him in just when he stopped playing, uh, when he inexplicably just was dropped from the rotation entirely. So uh, I think I have to now burn uh, a transfer <laughs> to uh, – I might have to burn four this week to uh, to bring someone else in uh, for him. So uh, slightly annoying. Uh, and, yeah, so Josh King, $5.3 million. Uh, he might be a good fit for your team, you know, like the, the fourth midfield slot or – uh, I guess a slightly expensive fifth midfield option. Um, I mean, Ryan Frazier has been playing a lot too, but he he's not quite as consistent of a scorer. I mean, I guess he's got he came know, in on the, uh, the goals two assists in the season. Yeah, he when he he had those two two goals in a row against Swansea and Arsenal. He looked like he was going to be a permanent fixture, but he was, hasn't really done anything since then. Yeah, it's like it's like. It seems like how is kind of like moving all the midfield pieces around, trying to find the right combination, and it you know makes kind of all of the assets, including Josh King for that matter, who I you know I he, I don't think he's anybody that you and I, he's not someone that you and I would advocate as like a great option, right? I mean even you yeah, know like I mean, all, all these Bournemouth he's not players are starter necessarily. Yeah, they're all just they're all just bodies to put in your FPL team. All right, so Bournemouth a pass. Let's move on. Yeah, Burnley. Yeah, it's too tough. Burnley, Burnley is a little more interesting. Definitely much more interesting given the number of clean sheets that they're uh, taking. But Andre Gray is actually going to be my uh, 
my big pick here. Forget their defense because uh, 26, they're away to Hull, Swansea, then Liverpool. So I like at least two of these fixtures, Hull and Swansea. Liverpool, uh, you know, their defense. I mean, he could score, right? Sure, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and Hull uh, scored two great counterattacking goals, and Andre Gray is a scorer of counterattacking goals, so why not? So of all the players, um, I do like I mean, would, would you draft someone like Ibra for him? I mean, what's your – how much do you like Andre Gray? Well, if you're talking about my team in particular with Ibra, Lukaku, and Kane up front, I'm definitely keeping Kane through game week 27 because Spurs aren't blanking in 26. And the plan is right now to keep Ibra for the Bournemouth match in game week 27. So for me personally, there's no place for Andre Gray in in my uh, strikers, except for maybe that Liverpool match. But that, I mean, maybe would you would I bring him in just for that Liverpool match? No, that seems insane. <laughs> it's it's very tricky. Having the right third striker for game week twenty eight is not an easy thing to do. Uh, my plan right now is to play two strikers for game week twenty six and game week twenty eight. Okay, and just rest Ibra. Just so, so you're not going to drop Ibra. You're thinking? No, I don't think so. I, uh, and I'll have to. I guess. The, I guess if I'm playing two strikers for game week 28, I'm going to have to bring in somebody for Kane. Yeah, I had advocated on the last podcast for moving Ibra to uh, Diego Costa for the uh, the Swansea fixture, but that was that was before two things happened. One is uh, you know Liverpool. Becoming a team that played in Game Week 28 just opens up so many more options, uh, and really makes the Alexis to a Liverpool player such a such an obvious move, which we'll talk about in, you know later. Um, but you know, also Ibra has scored like eight goals in the last. Like he just keeps scoring. You know, I mean, he had a he had a hat trick in the Europa League, and uh, he scored this weekend, and. Um, you know, I mean, he's got the uh, the League Cup final this, this coming weekend. Uh, I think he's got another Europa League match. Uh, he probably won't play on that one uh, in midweek. So, yeah, I really like having the idea of having Ebro at home for Game Week 27. So my plan right now is to is to make a midfield move, bench him, but I probably will drop him before Game Week 28. Uh, that's um, although you know, again, I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but. You know, when you look at the options available for Game Week 28, it's not for strikers. It's not a great mix. I mean, I don't no, even know. I mean, outside I mean, I, of I, I outside think, of Lukaku, I, yeah. It, you're looking at these fixtures for 28, and, and Swansea City's Lorente looks like maybe the pick of the bunch. Maybe Andy and, Carroll and, and, away oh. at Bournemouth, right? But Andy yeah, Carroll, yeah, so probably I, the strongest option. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't see any of these guys as as. You slam dunks. And then when you look at so Manu after after uh you know not playing a game week twenty eight, they uh they go way to Middles Middlesburger or mid or Middlesbrough. Uh and Yeah, we go we got a shout out on social media that last episode we actually for once in our lives Right. But then but then like everyone took it as an opportunity to see if we would then pronounce other things the way we're supposed to. <laughs> I'm never gonna say premiere or whatever. I don't even know how to like say that. That's it's it, we say premiere in the United States. That's how I'm gonna say that. Okay. Premier, I don't know. Premiere. I don't know what's yeah, it doesn't matter if it's I don't care if I'm wrong. Uh, 
So they play they play away to Middlesbrugger in game week 29, uh, and then they're home to West Brom in game week 30, and home to uh, Everton in game week 31. So uh, pretty strong fixtures. I mean, if if they were about to go into this really tricky run of fixtures, it would be less appealing. I mean, this is why you know someone like uh, Aguero was kind of an interesting option for some people, just because. Um, you know, he is now the the lone striker option for the rest of the season. I mean, outside of Iniacho. But then you look at game week 29 through 31, and it's Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea. Uh, just terrible fixtures uh, for Man City. Yeah, I think we're going to get more into this uh, in the latter half of the podcast about planning beyond game week 28. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to talk about there with City, Spurs, and United. All right, so Andre Gray, uh, Tom Heaton. I mean, if you are... If you don't have uh, a keeper for uh, for game week 26 and 28, or even just for 28, I mean, Heaton seems like the obvious move, right? I mean, even yeah. even away to Liverpool, uh, pretty good chance he'll make plenty of saves and get him in and pick up points. Yep, and and he could keep a clean sheet in game week 26 and 27 for sure, right? I mean, away to Hull and away to uh, Swansea. Uh, yeah, absolutely, get him in right now. Uh, all right, that brings us brings us to Everton. Uh, another team possibly worthy of a triple up. Uh, they play uh, Sunderland at home, Spurs away, and West Brom uh, at home in uh, 26 or 28. So uh, two excellent fixtures, one pretty bad fixture. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm I'm pretty happy to have Lukaku already because I feel like he is going to be top of the captaincy charts going into game week 26. And given that he plays, he's and he's coming off of this this injury saga where he he didn't go to warm weather training with Everton, but surely he'll be fine. I think I think that was yeah. just precautionary. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he is he is the blockbuster striker, the only blockbuster striker that has all three fixtures through these game weeks. Right, um, right. He, he is a must-have. So I'm looking at a Everton defender and Lukaku are must-haves. Yeah, you know, I, I have so probably too. the least valuable Everton defender in Joel Robles. <laughs> uh, this is just how it worked right. out. So I may, I may be doubling up on Everton mm-hmm. defense. It's not a bad idea, although I, you know, that that Spurs fixture is so bad. Uh, what about anyone in the midfield? Is there anyone that, I mean, the, the Liverpool being able to play in game week 28 really changes things for me because I guess I would have been looking at someone like Kevin Morales or Ross Barkley. And now I very happily don't have to bring in those players. Yeah. And I'm also curious to see what kind of rotation happens in the Everton midfield through these game weeks. Not that they're like stacked one on top of the other, but you've had, now that uh, Morgan Schneiderlin is being worked into the starting 11, Gareth Barry is not getting the minutes that he was during the first half of the season. But were Schneiderlin not there, I, Barry priced priced to buy at 4.4. I would have loved to have brought him in. He's contributed a handful of assists through the season, but I yeah. just don't it's think like it's, can, it's, it's only a, that's a wild card move. Right, it's it like that's a, a you bring a mid for your, your fifth mid. I guess Barkley uh, is really the only solid option here because you know, Morales is is in and out. Is he's on and off with his form and also on and off with his with his minutes. Right. I mean, Barkley's no better, right? No. Well, I mean, Barkley. <laughs> I mean, okay, we'll, he's in we'll good better form. Minutes, but, and I feel like, yeah. I mean, the famous last FPL words, right? Like, well, Barkley's looking better. His form is on the uptick, and so this is the point in which. Uh, Barkley immediately drops off and you don't hear from him for another 10 game weeks. 
Okay, here's okay. So I think that I didn't mean to totally glide over the uh, Everton defensive double up because I actually think because game week 27 is a full fi- full run of fixtures with with everybody playing i think that you could actually especially if you if you have enough defensive depth where you could just bench one of the uh everton defenders in game week 27 away to spurs then i actually think that a, d- a double up makes a lot of sense um you know for game week 26 and 28 i mean home to sunderland and home to west brom those are probably two clean sheets also so, just in and with Coleman and Baines, you're looking at those guys just as much for their attacking potential Right. Particularly Seamus Coleman right now, where I don't I don't think you have to think strictly about the clean sheets with them. Right, exactly. You, you don't. Um, although I still don't. I don't even know if I expect them to score away to Spurs. Uh, you know, in game week twenty seven. So yeah, I, no, I, 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 I wouldn't want to be tripled up. You know, with with those. I, I wouldn't want to start three Everton players in game week twenty seven. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I like your. I like your idea of of benching an Everton defender for 27 then you've got them you've got them in the chamber for 28 as they say yeah exactly uh all right that brings us to Hull City they actually have pretty good fixtures uh they're home to Burnley they're away to Leicester and they're home to Swansea game eight 26 or 28 so is there I mean obviously this is where it's so it's it's so heartbreaking that Robert Snodgrass isn't on the team anymore right because he would have been the perfect option here and now I mean, I know you're a big Myler fan. I know you love Huddlestone. <laughs> I, love, I also love Myler because he's a kind of balloon. <laughs> and I, you know, Sean Maloney. I used to like Maloney when he played for. Uh, uh, he used to play for Wigan, I think, back in the day. Maloney so, is also great because Maloney is the name of like during the '80s. I feel like every. Uh, broadcast tv cop drama there was some detective <laughs> right. named maloney right it's like it's set in chicago or something yeah. yeah hey i'm detective maloney all right so let's let's i'm just i'm gonna look at the i mean the whole okay like the 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 like totally honest answer here is i don't think either of us have anyone that we really want on haul anyone that we'd like really recommend well, how right about we, no, how, about, how about actually i'll take this opportunity to walk back the tom heaton definite buy Okay. If, you're, if you're shopping around for a goalkeeper, why not Jakubovic at 4.1? He's like a million cheaper. And that's true. 11 and 8 in two of the last three. So yeah, I mean he's he's going to get peppered with shots in any game that you're playing against Hull. He's looked that's really true. good. That so is there, true. There is an option if you're and that's you actually, need the money. And actually it's a pretty good six-game run for them in general. That are so it's it's uh, Burnley, Leicester, Swansea, and then they're away to Everton, and then they're home to West Ham and Middlesbrugger uh, through game week thirty-one, and then it's City away. It's actually a pretty good run in general. Uh, Stoke, Watford, Southampton, Central, and Crystal Palace. I mean, yeah, maybe Jakubovic is the way to go. I mean, his so Marshall has just lost his spot. Is that is that that's that's the feeling right now? I mean, I guess he hasn't yes. started the last five yes. games. And, yeah. And- Jakubovic has done nothing to lose that spot. He's looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I like that. And then he's probably, he's at least a million cheaper than Heaton, right? Uh, Jakubovic is 4.1, and Heaton is 5.1. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, I think that's a good move. I don't think there's anyone, I mean, from an attacking perspective, it just feels like it's hard to pick the right well, there's, person. Well, there's, there's Harry Maguire, who is a defender. They were actually big upping him, I think, on the uh, scout cast. And mm-hmm. he is just kind of like, he's weirdly marauding. 
Like mm-hmm. McGuire is always marauding, and it oh, he he marauds in a way that you feel like the coach is probably like, stop doing that. Right. We, we right. have lost all team shape because it's like of Aaron, did. Aaron Ramsey style. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But he he's an interesting. He's an interesting pick. And at four point four, if you're looking to to get somebody in, and it's not going to be if you already have Tom Heaton. Yeah. I like I like McGuire. Yeah, and, and, I mean Andrew Robertson is a really really talented player, and uh, I know a lot of clubs have been trying to bring him in. So yeah, I don't know. I think um, I don't. I'll be honest with you here, Brandon. I'm not planning to bring in any Hull players. So yeah. <laughs> that's that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> if I had, I, I mean, I, I do think that uh, Jakubovic makes sense if you need a chief keeper, but that's that's about it. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. If I end up bringing in a whole player, it is it is not by design; it is by necessity. <laughs> uh, Liverpool, the team, oh. the team that lived, the team that played. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, there's a lot to talk about here, and I think um, the mid the Liverpool midfield is where a lot of our minds immediately go when we're talking about dropping Alexis Sanchez for these games coming up. So we ended up pulling up a lot of stats for um, the Fab Five of the Liverpool midfield. No offense to all you Gigi Wijnaldum heads out there, but uh, we're looking at Mane, Firmino, Lalana, Coutinho, and Milner. As as, uh, Davey Pointless Pull said on Twitter, Mane versus Firmino versus Coutinho sorted out. So I think that what all the stats seem to point to is Firmino is the most uh, threatening, but he just doesn't have as many goals. Uh, he doesn't have the goal for him that guy, a guy like Sadio Mane has right now. So you're sort of betting on the statistics that Firmino will eventually convert the chances that he's getting. But it's I do, a very, I'm, yeah. I'm, my gut is telling me Roberto Firmino right now instead of Mane. Well, yeah, I mean, this is this is the Firmino dilemma all the time, right? Which is that all of the, um, you know, in terms of influence, he is uh, a player who just who just should be converting more than he is, right? I mean, he should be he should have more goals and more assists than he than he does. I mean, and it's not like it's not like he's been hugely disappointing this year. I mean, I think he has something like. You know, let's see here. Two, three, five. He's got eight six, goals on the season. Right. Eight goals in the season and something like six assists, right? So uh, not like a hugely um, disappointing season by any stretch, right? I mean, he could end up with uh, with double-digit goals and assists this year. Uh, but he's not quite as explosive as Mane. And there's just a, there's a, there's a, there's kind of a recency bias here, too. Although, would you even call it a bias? Because... Uh, Mane, not only was he the best player in the uh, in the Spurs game, uh, you know, really, really dominant player in the Spurs match, uh, but before he left the African Cup of Nations, he was really emerging as the most dominant midfield option on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, partially that was because uh, Coutinho was, was gone, but, you know, Coutinho came back, but he hasn't really come back. You know, I mean, it's the true. last time yeah. they just haven't looked the same like they did when they were in full flight, when Coutinho was pulling all the strings and Firmino and Mane just had to finish things that were put on a plate for them. How long do you think it's been since Coutinho had a goal or an assist in the Premier League? Well, it's got to be uh, October. Game week 11 is the last time he had a goal or an assist. So he now granted he missed, you know eight of those games, but, uh, he's been back for the last five 
and uh, has not has not scored a goal or assist. And if you watch him play, uh, it just it's not the same. And you know, I mean, it's these guys are only human, so I don't want to like you know, but it's. I'm I'm sure he's injured, right? I'm sure he's playing hurt, and yeah, uh, I'm he sure looks like he he's playing with trust a, his body. some trepidation. Right, exactly. So I, it seems like, like Mane is such an obvious choice that it part of me has this kind of like urge to to like fight against it, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's like in the best form and he is the most explosive and he's the best captain option on all these guys. Uh, and so it kind of makes me want to like try to find like the differential option here. And I guess for someone like me, it probably makes sense to just to just totally risk it and go with a player like Coutinho or Firmino uh, because everyone is going to be bringing in Mane. But, um, but I think I'm going to too. I just feel like... Um, I just feel like he's the best player to bring in, and I feel like I'd be overthinking it if I brought in anyone else. So the move that I'm planning to make is Alexis Sanchez to Sadio Mane, uh, and with the you know two point three million or whatever that's going to free up, you know, mm-hmm. two million, let's say, uh, it'll be more than that, right? Like two point six million. Uh, I'm probably going to try to turn Stanislaw into Adam Lana or something like that, or maybe even Coutinho. Um, and uh, and then just double up on Liverpool and just kind of take my chances. Now, I just want to chime in here with something Jeff Petter said online. I'd like to promote caution when it comes to Liverpool players. Mane, sure, but too many people for me are looking at Firmino, Coutinho, etc. I know they have a gaming 28 fixture, but have people not seen Liverpool lately? Now, right. uh Jeff is a true Spurs fan here and is completely ignoring uh, the complete decimation of his club at the hands <laughs> of a one Sadio Mane. Um, right. But if you if if you just look at the the fixtures that are coming up for Liverpool, Leicester City, sure, Leicester are garbage. They can't defend. That could be a bit of a goal fest for Liverpool. But then it's Arsenal. And Burnley, Burnley, um, who will be away from home, and they can't win away from home, but they're right. fairly and, organized. Yeah, and but then, they and, and they, they do that, they do concede goals City. away from home though. They do. I I don't. And and also, I'm I'm sort of grasping at straws here, given what we just talked about. Uh, what Burnley, Hull, um, right. and the last time Arsenal and Liverpool played, Liverpool did score. F- you know, they put four past him. And that was that was on the road. Yeah, that was basically a uh, Champions League match between Manchester City and uh, and uh, Monaco. Right, from last right, time they exactly. Played. Um, but I I I think Liverpool is a necessity for no other reason than they're probably the best team that, that well, has that's, a straight that's run. A, that's all it is. I mean, that's you know, let's yeah. I mean, if I you know, in a world where there were all of these teams are playing all three of these fixtures. I probably wouldn't be looking to bring in any Liverpool players, but I mean, the reality is they are so far and away the best team that's playing all three of these fixtures that you really can't look anywhere else. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, assuming that you already have Lukaku, assuming you already have an Everton defender. Um, I mean, maybe this is a group think, you know, mode that I'm falling into here, but it just seems like, you know, bringing in one or maybe two Liverpool midfielders is the way to go. I mean, it, well, what I would like is um, I would love it if Sturridge were actually plain, uh, but uh, <laughs> he he just doesn't, right? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's even even now he's got a yellow he's got a yellow flag. So it's not going to Sturridge happen. and then and then Origi, You know, I guess it just there was that time, man, where it was like yeah, scored I, four I, games I, in a row. <laughs> 
I had him for like I think one game there, and then he just couldn't get a he couldn't get any playing time. He right. was too good at he was too good at late game hold up play. But I, <laughs> yeah, I think I am yeah. I am just gonna go looking at this the I mean these are season long stats, but they just back up Firmino. He he's by far and away has the most touches in the final third of any of these guys. Yeah, and um. I I am going to cast my lot with Firmino if I go down that road, which I I inev- we all inevitably will. So you right. heard, you're going Mane, I'm going Firmino. We'll see how it all shakes out. All right, I like it. It's a good it's a good challenge. All right, so uh, and then and then a defender. I mean, I guess um, uh, I think that's fine. I feel like I would rather just double up on Everton defenders rather than bring in a Liverpool defender. Um, yeah, Joel you know, Joel Matip yeah. is an interesting one in that he he's shown some goal threat on corners, and if Liverpool show up and have a solid defensive game, yep. Uh, let's see, like how many bon- how many bonus points has he earned through this season? Uh, like one, but uh, that's that's still yeah. fine. That's still yeah. Fine. Nathan- Nathaniel Klein, he's kind of expensive though. I mean, Nathaniel Klein's five point eight million. It's a little. A little pricey for a guy who uh, you know hasn't scored a goal this season. Oh, he's been like the greatest disappointment. You know, before right before he went to Liverpool last season, he was part of that high flying duo, Bertrand and Klein. Totally, I know. Yeah, Bertrand really hasn't been the same either, has he? Since he left. Yeah, I mean, I guess he had a big week this last game week with two assists and a clean sheet. But yeah, but it, but it is true. He's it that I mean that Southampton team was probably at its peak. When it was Klein and Bertrand and Lalana, and uh, when Rodriguez was in full flow, and, and those were those Ricky were the Lambert. days. Oh, Brandon, did for it to be twenty thirteen all over again. Oh man, we were so young. All right, we've got three teams to go here. Uh, Swansea, Swansea City, the resurgent Swansea City. I, Gilfie Sigurdsson is easily in that camp of that Lukaku yeah. camp of must have. Right. I'm, I would probably be looking at bringing him in this week if they weren't away to Chelsea, and uh, just a little too scared of that Chelsea fixture to bring him in. Yeah. Until yeah, but maybe I might bring him in before game week twenty seven or twenty eight. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's set set yourself up to bring him in in, in twenty seven, and he's a player that you'll be happy to have for for the rest of the season. I mean, there is a pretty decent run for them with. Uh, it, depending on which Burnley team shows up in 27, Hull, mm-hmm. Bournemouth, Middlesbrough. That's that's uh, that's three. Well, and then you got Spurs in 31. Let's extend Let's extend the, the thought train. Okay, right, right. West let's Ham, Watford, Stoke. That's You're all the way to game week 34. You're basically collecting your winnings from your mini league <laughs> at that point. <laughs> that's, that's true. I guess I guess once you're going to stay up, aren't they? I'm pretty pretty happy about that. Swansea's I mean, always what? been my second. They're my second club after Arsenal, and I'm I'm pretty pretty happy about that. Okay, so if this is if this is if this is telling of anything, this magical turnaround since Paul Clemens showed up is very similar to the great the sort of turnaround that Leicester City had, avoiding mm-hmm. relegation the season right. before they won right. the Premier League. So you think you think Elfie Mawson's lifting the cup in, in 2018? I see Elfie Mawson's you know tiny little teeth. Uh, do you lifting, think lifting that cup over his do, head? Do you think Eater will come back for the celebration? They, have you seen that the? Um, oh, not 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 the game Eater, but um, <laughs> whose Panther celebration, Mister Offside, uh, Buffett Timby Gomes. Mm-hmm. He has chosen to not extend his uh, contract at uh, what is it? Uh, like Lyon or yeah, yeah mm-hmm. some some French side because he knows just like I do. 
that Swansea is on the fast track uh, to winning the Premier League title uh, next season. He Tim, wants to be a part of that. Tim, Mister Offside Gummies, back in the league. He can he can be their their Ojoa. Uh, I'm so excited. the the the, uh, the the side judge is going to raise his flag and and Gomez is going to say offside and the and the line judge will say nope you just won the Premier League. All right, so we got we got Sigurdsson. That's the obvious one. Uh, Lorente is an interesting player. He he's been he's kind of streaky. He's actually he scored double. He scored, he scored braces uh, three times this year. Uh, but then he you know it's kind of he's a, okay. So he had a. Going back to game week 13, it's two goals, zero, two goals, zero, zero, one, zero, 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 two, zero, zero, zero. Um, so I know like no one's like writing these down at home, but it's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of zeros. He's, he's not, he's not like a guacamole recipe or something. We are not talking about a consistent Diego Costa level, you know, tick, tick, tick of of goals. And he, he basically doesn't pick up any assists. I think he's got one assist on the season. So, uh, two, I guess. Uh, so you're bringing him in for some goals, but you know, I mean, the fixtures are set up pretty well for him after the Chelsea fixture. I mean, uh, I would at least consider bringing in Lorente as an Ibra stopgap. And, and, you know, and it, I know it may sound crazy to certain people to talk about, you know, dropping Sanchez, dropping Ibra, but I'm planning to wild card pretty soon after uh, after game week 28. I mean, I might even wild card in game week 29 if they start to announce the double game weeks. So, um, yeah, you know, that's I one think of the that, big reasons that I'm looking to. I am without trepidation. I'm looking to get rid of Alexis Sanchez because I don't have any value wrapped yeah. up in him. And right. yeah, I'll spread the money around, but the assumption is is I'm going to wild card. Back and the way Alexis Sanchez and the way prices are rising and falling this year, it's just not going to hurt you that much. I mean, even if, even if you're invested, you know, and the price has risen a ton on someone like Ebra, which it really hasn't risen that much. Um, that point four that you're trying to hold on to, you're going to lose anyways because he's going to be dropped by so many people because he's missing these two fixtures. So um, I think I think you know bringing in someone like Lorente is kind of a punt, you know, for that burn. I mean, Burnley, Hull, Bournemouth, Middlesbrough are. Four very strong fixtures in a row. So, here's the, uh, you know, the, it's a team on fire, too. Here's the question for you. Sean number one on Twitter says, with Game Week 28, 28 in mind, Lorente, Carroll, as in Andy Carroll, or Gray to replace Aguero this week? So, uh, Sean's sitting there with Aguero, who's on a blank, though. Um, looks like he's back, going to be back in the lineup and back on form based on a brace in the Champions League. But uh, you've got to replace him. Lorente, Carol, or Gray? Right. Uh, I think I would go Lorente, possibly even Jordan Ayew, although I'd like to see if he actually starts uh, way to Chelsea. Uh, Jordan Jordan Ayew is only $5 million and uh, pretty good player. I mean, hard to really get a read on him because of uh, because he played for such a terrible Aston Villa I squad mean, last he, year. He, he, Jordan Ayew is the bane of many FPL managers <laughs> because he was by far and away the best player on that Villa squad. And right. he had no right to spoil so many clean sheets last <laughs> season, which he did. <laughs> so he's only played 19 minutes so far uh, for Swansea. He's already scored a goal. Oh, wait, excuse me. He hasn't, he hasn't scored a goal. He's scored a point. Uh, in 19 <laughs> What a wonderful point it was, though. <laughs> so I think I think Lorente is the safest option. Andy Carroll can't stay healthy, and Andre Gray is uh, way to Liverpool in game week 28. So if, if fixtures matter to you, you know, um, I would I would certainly feel safer uh, having having Lorente over over Gray. Yeah, I would make the case. Uh, I mean, by a by a thin margin for Andre Gray because Liverpool is a less scary fixture to me just based on Liverpool's dicey defense 
than mm-hmm. Burnley's defense, be they home or away. So if okay. you're looking at Chelsea, Burnley versus Hull, Swansea in isolation. You have a, I like your very real fear of a of a Burnley team that 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 couldn't beat a non-league side at home. Uh, I don't know. Because they They're, were saving all their mojo, man, for the league. Many, they know what matters. How, how many points have they picked up on the road this year? It's one. like one, the right? Same, the same number of <laughs> FPL points that Jordan Ayew has. Total. I think we need to do a deep dive into the is Tom Heaton does Tom Heaton get you any points at all on the road? It's like it's kind of a myth, I think. Right? I, I think that he okay, I know he saved a penalty away to West Ham, but other than that, they have not kept a lot of clean sheets on the road. But he's getting save points, is he not? I mean, okay, well, just pull looking up, back at his last crash. few his last few away games, I'm gonna go backwards here. Uh two, three, one. Three, twelve. That was the West Ham game. Uh, zero, zero, eleven. Okay. Uh, uh, five. We're going back to like game weeks five and six, though. Now, uh, certainly the last like ten weeks, he has not been a consistent. Okay, maybe he's going to get you three points, but it's not like he's, uh, you know, it's not like he's you know keeping clean sheets, uh, you know, way to Spurs or, or City or any of these squads. Josh, let's be even more real about this Burnley team FPL wise. Just looking at the the team stats in front of me, Tom Heaton is is by a margin of 32 points, the highest FPL point getter on the team with 106. The next closest with 74 points is, yes, buckle up, get in your Volkswagen. It's Sam <laughs> Volks with 74, 74 points. What is going on on this? This Burnley team is like a weird, it's a, weird, it's it's a, a weird very team. strange, hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's move on. Uh, West Brom. Oh, before we move on from Swansea, I have to get a little, give a little shout out to my, my cheap midfielder man, Tom Carroll. And I think if you're looking to plug a small hole in your squad in the next three weeks, Tom Carroll's a great option. Great plug. <laughs> so there you are. What is, what does Tom Carroll cost you now? He, uh, or point three, something like that. Four point. He's priced at 4.2. You know, he's yet to really put a, a complete game together uh, with four starts for Swansea, but you can see it there. And if Swansea ever hit full flight, Tom Carroll's going to be involved. The way you talk about Tom Carroll, it's like the, your I'm eyes like are like they, your eyes start shining. I know. <laughs> uh, all right. Can we talk about West Brom now or do you want to talk about Tom Carroll some more? Well, you could uh, the, tune into the Patreon pod this weekend <laughs> where I talk more about Tom Carroll. Care of the Carroll cast. Uh, West Brom, all right, they have uh, two, two, two good fixtures out of three. They play Bournemouth at home, Crystal Palace at home, uh, Everton away. Bournemouth at home, Crystal Palace at home. Love those fixtures. I, I'm currently doubled up on West Brom's defense. I very uh, idiotically did not bring in Heaton many weeks ago when I could have and uh, brought in uh, Ben Foster, which has worked out pretty poorly. I maybe picked up like two clean sheets from him uh, or, you know, from him since, yeah. uh, since I brought him in. So I think um, they're not keeping a lot of clean sheets. These are pretty good fixtures to keep clean sheets in. Uh, I mean, Bournemouth like and Chris Pallas are in terrible form. As well. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think almost everyone who's listening probably has a West Brom defender already. If you don't, uh, you should certainly bring in one of their central defenders. <laughs> or I actually, they kind of move around, right? So I guess we're just talking about Macaulay here or, um, oh, yeah, or Dawson. I, we have to thank Andy from the Scoutcast for tweeting at us definitive proof of the Gareth Macaulay uh, deflection. 
that, that yeah. gave him the goal. Whatever. Put put that to bed. So yeah, let's hear it for <laughs> Ghost Macaulay. <laughs> so Macaulay Brunt, uh, Dawson is point three cheaper. Uh, yeah, I think you could go Dawson. I mean, you know, I, I have Ellen Yam is four point four, so that's like your crazy cheap option. Yeah. Uh, looks like Johnny Evans is playing again, although. Don't God, don't I mean, bet on it. Never want to take the risk. Exactly. Don't bet at it. So, I think, um, or or when Brunt, of course, we didn't talk. Like, you know, Chris Brunt, obviously. I mean, I guess Brunt is probably the best player. Yeah, Brunt is. I think Brunt just has it uh, by some distance based on his attacking potential. It's sort of the Everton phenomenon of. I never would have thought Chris Brunt. This guy's been in the league for so long. I mean, he. I mean, we. I had Chris Brunt like my the first year I played fantasy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had he had eleven assists in 2011. Can you believe that? Eleven assists. It is an insane. I don't think we've seen a run of form like this. It's it's, it's it, but it, it, the I mean it's it's Eden Hazard esque in that this man can't perform away from home, but when he's right. at home, my God. And that name, I mean, the name Chris Brunt is just the, it's the ugliest name that it's anyone the, uh, for, has ever it's heard. It's the ultimate, like when Tony Pulis saw the uh, team sheet, he was like, Chris Brunt? Yeah. That's yeah. Pulis I mean, name. That's true. I mean, Tony Pulis is a pretty ugly name too, but Chris Brunt uh, really <laughs> takes the cake. So, okay. So you want a defender. Uh, the midfield, I, I, I feel like we're all, okay, we, we've talked about Morrison and Dazia. We talked about Morrison for like 20 minutes on a recent podcast. So He's the old, he's the old Tom Carroll. <laughs> he's the old Tom Carroll. He's got uh, three goals and an assist in his last six, uh, 4.7 million. Uh, Matt Phillips just really fell off. I mean, everyone kind of got on the Phillips hype train, including me. Uh, and he hasn't done anything the last five game weeks. Maybe he, maybe he read, you know, maybe he, he read some articles about himself. You know, he bought into it. He, he got Jamie Vardy, you know, he, he bought it into be, his own hype. Yeah, it may be some sort of cosmic universe though, in which, um, Maddie Phillips and Nacer Chadley can't do well in at the same time in the same right. place. So it's it because Chadley's yeah. form is has picked up slightly. He's had better. a goal and assist the last two yeah. matches. He, he, still, he still can't put sixty minutes together though. Exactly. That's my concern. It's you know, fifty eight, sixty five, fifty two in the last three. So are you gonna get I mean, because if he doesn't, if he doesn't even get a goal or an assist, then you're you're looking at a possible one pointer from him, uh, which is a little, you know, a little, a little too risky for me. Um, what so about why Ron? Not, why, why not James Morrison? He's he is. If you're looking at Phillips, Chadley, and Mor- Morrison has outperformed them by a mile the last three weeks. And Rondon at at the forward line is an interesting option. We haven't actually talked about him at all as another option. I I don't think it's a bad option, but the real scary thing is that if you look past game week 28, you're looking at Arsenal, Man U. I mean, it's like it's it's all red if you're looking at the the color coded tracker on the uh, fantasy website. It's uh, Arsenal, Man U, uh, Liverpool, Man City. Even the way to Watford is not great. So, um, from a defender perspective, at least. So I, I just think that. Um, yeah, I, I would I'd be wary of, of like tripling up on West Brom. You know, maybe a double up of the defense makes sense, but uh, I would definitely plan to. Um, although I guess you know, to go back to original thought here, you you can look at this kind of in a vacuum if you're planning to wild card fairly early on in the. You know, if you're planning to wild card in game week twenty nine or thirty, then by all means, just try to maximize your points the next three game weeks. Hey, and by all means, bring in Solomon Rondon. But I feel like somebody has to point out that his goal yeah. scoring record is. 
appalling. Hey, by all means, bring in Boaz Myhill, but just know he's not going to play. Yeah, hey, it's a free world. I mean, <laughs> what is it? It's a free world. Is that, yeah, everyone on planet Earth is is free to do as they please. That's the world I live in. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, we, 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 thanks, Thomas Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> the FPL League is flat. All right. That, that's brings us to. I thought that this is gonna be like a fifteen-minute segment. Us going through these eight teams. I think we're like two hours in now. Uh, it brings us to West Ham, uh, the final team that plays all three fixtures. Uh, team that is a little under the radar, I think, in terms of FPL assets. Yeah, I don't definitely. think a lot of us are really talking about them, but they have uh, two pretty strong fixtures. Uh, they're away to Watford, uh, tough fixture at home to Chelsea, and their way to Bournemouth in Game Week 28. So uh, who stands out for you on uh, West Ham? Yeah, Manuel Lanzini at 6.3. I mean, he's been injured for a lot of the season, and uh, he's been back, and he's been in good form. He had, he's, you know, in the last one, two, in the last six fixtures, he's had Two goals and three assists, uh, mm-hmm. so not bad. And I think if you know, particularly in light of Payet leaving, I know they they sort of brought in like for like Robert Snodgrass, but there was a lot of flair that left with Payet, um, and I think Payet sort of sucked up a lot of the flair oxygen on the pitch. The and, fun, too. Yeah, so I feel like I, I can see Lanzini being a little more free to express himself with a you know sturdier character like Snodgrass. Uh, so thing I'm, to, I'm looking at him, definitely. Another thing to note here, too, is that they have a really – they have a really good five match run of fixtures. If you if you exclude the Chelsea game, uh, they're away to Watford, and then they're uh, so it's Watford, Bournemouth, Leicester, Hull in four of the next five. So um, you could you could bring in a player or two, and then actually you wouldn't necessarily need to if you know if you weren't wild carding for a few more weeks, you wouldn't need to get these players out right away. So it's not quite as um, if I were looking at a mid-price midfielder, like a Lanzini type, I think I would be looking at West Ham over West Brom uh, because um, you can you can just keep those players in for good fixtures a little bit longer. What about Mikel Antonio, FPL's yeah, most well, uh, most greatest player of the first like month of the season? I just off. think that seven million price points a little tricky. I feel like Gilfie Sigurdsson is the better option at that price point. Uh, I think that Robert Snodgrass is the one who who stands out to me, though. I mean, I know we like, you know, Snod is God and all that stuff. Then he hasn't really shown it yet, but he hasn't really had a lot of time and they haven't had great fixtures so far. So I I think that, you know, it'd be maybe like a little bit of a punt, but he's only five point eight million. So he's he's a pretty good fourth midfield option. Uh, and I think there's at least a chance that I'll end up having Snodgrass before game week twenty eight. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, I'm I'm into Snodgrass. I'm into him. <laughs> uh, Andy Carroll, I think, probably a worry for both of us, right? Uh, you know, the price is great, but I mean, he's got a yellow flag right now, right? Like, when does he not have a yellow flag? I know. It's just like, do you need that much stress in your life? I would love I to live in a world in which Andy Carroll was an easy option to put into your squad week to week. But this is just not the case. Yeah. He's, he's and, like the Johnny. He's the offensive Johnny Evans. And he's got four goals in the last five games. I mean, if if he if he had any faith that he was going to stay healthy, it'd be really you know appealing to bring him in. But uh, it just it feels very risky to me, given that 
if he doesn't play, there's no, there's not going to be anyone on your bench to come in for him. Yeah, he is one of those transfers where I I think if you're if you're holding out for the press conferences or the night of, and you're getting that last bit of intel, and it looks pretty certain that he's in the lineup, then then go for it. But it is a long term bet. It, I agree. Very very risky. I agree, Brandon. Let's take a quick break. Uh, let's get back, and we have a few questions we still haven't answered. Let's answer those. And uh, then I'm going to have a glass of water and go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Josh, we're back and uh, we're going to answer a few listener questions. And then we're going to do a little uh, we're going to get out the crystal ball and do a little future cast for uh, what the FPL looks like starting in game week 29. We've spent a lot of time talking about the, the, the three weeks upcoming. But what's in store for us afterward? What what is in store? Uh, First, though, Byron James says, Sanchez and Ibra swap for Mane and Kane. It's easy, right? P.S. I think this must have been you, Brandon. You said Eric Cantona last week. It's Cantona. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, why can't all athletes be like Tom Brady or Dale Earnhardt? Simple Chris Brunt. (laughs) Yeah, Chris Brunt. (laughs) David Mylar. Right. Sanchez uh, for Mane, yes. Ibra for Kane, uh, I I don't feel as strongly about. I mean, I, I you know I guess a lot of us already have Ibra and Kane, which which you and I both do. So maybe uh, so we're just not really thinking that way. But I mean, you, so you get Kane for two fixtures, and then suddenly you're you're moving him back out, or you're benching him. I don't know. I I guess if, if your squad can handle the like decimation that's coming in game week twenty eight, or you don't mind having like seven starters, then uh, then I think it's then I think you could do it. But um, here's one thing I would say about Harry Kane, and I know I, I sort of flippantly said I might dump him in game week 28, but let's look at the Spurs fixtures through game week 34. Okay, okay. Stoke Everton starting in 26 is Stoke Everton, then blank. Then they come back in 29. Southampton, Burnley, Swansea, Watford, Bournemouth, Leicester. I mean, of all of the. Uh, Top you said this very fast, but that sounds easy. <laughs> it's all easy. It's all easy. Of all of the uh, top half of the table clubs, Spurs had the tastiest run coming out of game week 28. Mm-hmm. So it is a real dilemma like to, to jettison your Spurs players going into game week 28. And again, it, it sort of depends yeah. on when you're playing on playing your wild card. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm not discounting any Spurs player just because of the 28 blank. I think it's pretty tricky. I, there's a good, I, I have Erickson and Kane. I think there's a good chance that Kane survives game week 28, but I don't know that Erickson does. I think that Erickson to Sigurdsson is a move that I might end up making. And, uh, you know, I mean, if only because I'm wildcarding so soon afterwards. So why not? You know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, there's just there's just no there's no point in keeping players anymore that have <laughs> that have high value because that value just crumbles and it, like yeah. it just it just rises and falls so fast. So I I, I can't argue with you there. Uh, in yeah. front we trust tweeted at us just picked up a whole defender for a D who doesn't play in game week twenty eight. Don't believe that's true, right? Hull will play in game week 28, right? Yeah, they will. They will. They play uh, Swansea at home. Nonetheless, in Pachwi's trust, still might only have five players heading into game week 28 with no wild card in hand. What to do? So I guess this just begs the question, um, 
how many players do you need? FPL United actually also asked the same question. How many players do you think is necessary to have for game week 28? I think, okay, I mean, this, I don't know if there's like a, there's not like a clear answer on this. I think that. Did you say eight was not, the magic number? Well, week? but eight seems a little low to me. Uh, maybe, maybe nine. And, okay. and I say that as someone who isn't afraid to blow up my team because I'm playing a wild card, not to be repetitive here, but, um, so for me, it's like, why not, right? Why not just, uh, why not just blow it all up? Because, because uh, I can bring them back in, you know. The bigger question for me is how many. Okay, so if I blow, oh, how up many my points team, do you want to burn? How many up? points right. will I burn right. to blow it right. up to, right. and then to right. all then play a wild card? It, it just seems so. Like, are you losing? Are you, what points are you gaining from blowing up your team that you're losing in minus fours? Right. I mean, burning four to bring in a you know, replacement for your fifth defender or something, or even burning four to turn Ibra into Andre Gray away to Liverpool doesn't seem like it's worth the money, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, burning four in general is a total crapshoot. And I think that, I mean, I think we talked a little bit on last week's podcast about finding the right way to burn four, you know? I mean, if you have a player like Stanislaw, who's probably not even going to play, then bringing in a player who has a pretty good chance of keeping a clean sheet at home, like a midfielder with a clean sheet, means that worst case scenario, you're maybe only losing one point because they're going to get three, and the player you would have, uh-huh. the player you would drop would have get zero. So maybe that's kind of a guiding principle. If you think that you're going to bring in a midfielder in particular, then maybe look for someone who's at home, um, and it's just going to minimize your chances of of not losing points on the transaction, you know, cause we're not, we're not talking about three versus two here. You know, we're not talking about like a player who's going to start and get two. We're talking about zero points, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't know. I mean, it's, this it is game week 28. You, you say the word transaction plus talking about game week 20. It's reminding me of like, um, mobile games that you buy <laughs> that are free, but yeah. within the game, there are all these microtransactions. <laughs> so you get a free game and you end up spending $80 on right. Have we uh, ever seen a game week like this before? I don't remember there ever being a game week with only four I, pictures. Okay, so here's what I want to say about game week 28 in that I don't know that we know what the appropriate number of players are. And I'm thinking um, to last week's, uh, last season's double game weeks in 33 where everyone got rid of their Spurs players to bring in double game week players. And Spurs had a huge game. Guys like Deli Ali and Harry Kane had, had mad points that would have surpassed right. the players you brought in for double game weeks. And... The the sort of FPL brain didn't account for that because it sort of went against sort of the the game logic, right? And and that that to me says there is a there is a way that game week twenty eight plays out in which the people who field six seven eight players are going to be just as fine as the people who bend over backwards to either field field a full eleven or ten. So I and I'm not, but, not saying that could especially that if you get the true, if you, if, you, if you get your captain right yeah I mean you know well, you money like home the, the captain or, the captain yeah like yeah, so long exactly. as you have a viable and this is again why Lukaku is so crucial to all this having right. a viable you know big time captain option for 28 if he comes through then you'll be fine 
Yeah, I mean, it looks like I might only. I mean, right now I'm probably only have like five players. Yeah, same, same here. Same here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's very tricky. I mean, I probably will end up with like nine players. That seems like about right to me. But that would involve me burning four twice. I, I wouldn't burn more than eight in game eight twenty eight. I don't know. So it's 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 a tricky one. FPL Piglet asks: uh, Burnley only have one point away this season. We mentioned this earlier. Will it turn around against Hull? So this is, it's you're you're pitting Hull versus again versus Burnley, right? Uh, I mean, I think that Hull probably wins or gets a point or something. Hull and yeah, it's it's not a widely kept secret that Hull have looked pretty good uh, the last uh, the last three or four weeks. You know, with the new manager coming in. There's been a, a real bounce there, a substantial bounce. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great game. I'll look forward to that Burnley whole game. I think it's going to be a highly contested. God, you are just yeah. so you are so in on Burnley right now. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, FPL, you know, okay, well, we already got that one. Uh, Scott Gill says, uh, "Are we all scared to captain Trollkaku this week?" I ain't scared. He's got the nope. airband in my team right now. Oh yeah, I'm not scared either. I mean, the, the he scored know, a hat I mean, trick against Sunderland earlier in the season. He so easily, he should have scored 400 goals against them in that yeah, game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's pretty much far and away the best captain option for this game week. I mean, uh, if you had a uh, if you had Diego Costa, maybe Palm to Swansea. Although Swansea looks a lot better right now, so that that game is not quite as. Uh, not quite as much of a gimme as uh, as I would have previously thought. It's also kind of weird because a lot of these teams didn't play in the FA Cup, so yeah, uh, a lot of them went away to like you know Dubai or you know went on like little like team building missions. I mean, Alexis Sanchez went back to Chile for a couple of days, and so uh, I don't really know. I, I think some of these teams could be a little uh, a little rusty at the start of these fixtures. Here's my uh, wild card. My wild card. My uh, scare quote wild card for captaincy. Eden Hazard, home to Swansea. Now I know he is he is kryptonite for the always Pers- eating persona podcast. non grata. <laughs> but say you have him, or say you're looking to make a swap uh, with Alexis San- Sanchez. Bringing in Hazard and captaining him is, you know, it's viable. Uh, okay, fine. Sure. Final question. Sebastian Straussheim. No. Sebastian Stromsheim Ronson says, how do we plan for game week? Wait for it. 29. Whoa, 29. Everyone has their eyes set on set managing the blanks, but are we doing this at the cost of the rest of the season? Uh, what teams have good runs from game week 29 onward, and what players in the game week 28 teams do we want to get rid of ASAP? I think we talked about a lot of this already. Uh, part of it being that, you know, there's there's a... A lot of us will probably uh, wildcard uh, shortly after Game Week 28. Um, you know, West Brom is a team that um, have players you want. You're going to want to get rid of ASAP if you bring them in. Um, but in terms of who has good fixtures and, and bad fixtures in the weeks to come, and there's, you know, we don't need to go like too too in depth here. But um, yeah, you I know, think I think that definitely Spurs is, is definitely Spurs and uh, yes, you, Swansea. You, uh, who's Swansea have? Uh, they've got uh, Bournemouth, Middlesbrugger, then yeah. uh, Spurs in 31, but then again, it's West Ham, Watford, Stoke. So yeah, very viable. Uh, I also like Manchester United comes back 
Game week 29, they got the Burger. Then it's West Brom, Everton, Sunderland before they hit Chelsea in game week 33. Yeah, West Ham, pretty good run for a few matches. Yeah, uh, look at Arsenal. Uh, They have City in game week 30. Uh, West Brom in 29, then City in game week 30. But then it's a fairly decent cluster of fixtures for them. And this isn't even counting... This is even counting double game weeks that might start to populate these fixtures. So that's where I'm. I'm like, if you're if you're dumping Alexis, I am not. I I, I feel confident that you can wait to play your wild card, say going into game week 31, and that's might maybe when you want to get him back in. And right. So you're you're sort of like Arsenal free until game week 31. Yeah, because yeah, it's just not a good. They miss two fixtures and. Game week twenty seven, they're away to Liverpool. Game week twenty nine, they're away to West Brom, which is which isn't a great fixture. Uh, game week thirty, they play Man City. Yeah, so like you said, it's not really until game week thirty one that you're really going to absolutely need Arsenal coverage. I mean, obviously Alexis Sanchez can score in any situation, but um, these those are not set up for him to perform well. I mean, these these are not it's not an easy run of fixtures for sure. Manchester City is another team where you're just wary of until later on. They're not our problem until game week 32 when they have a whole city. Right. But they have that cluster of Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea in yeah. back-to-back weeks. Yeah, and they could still be in the Champions League and uh, probably still in the FA Cup, and they've got a replay with Huddersfield. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm planning to stay away from Man City. Although Jeff Petter uh, had mentioned um, – we only took part of his question, but he mentioned that, you know, uh, Leroy Sané is a player, uh, you know, he and uh, Sterling are players that we really have to start talking about a little bit. I mean, Sané in particular, I think he's going to be awesome next year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he looks really good. And uh, he's cheap. So I think for double game weeks, we want to talk about Sané, but I think uh, that's a conversation for another day. It's funny, looking at these game week 29 fixtures, it feels like it's going to be another game week it's going to be a game week in isolation because I think we're going to be just between our blown up teams of game week 28 right. and triggering our wild card. You know, seeing that Everton play Hull at home in game week 29, it really makes that defensive double up make even more sense because it just it's three really good home fixtures out of four. Yeah, but after 29, jettison all Everton players of Liverpool right. and United back-to-back. Yeah, including probably Lukaku, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, there'll just be better options. Yeah, exactly. Brandon, this has been fun. I'm yeah, excited. I always enjoy talking to you, Josh. You should call me more often. <laughs> I, and should. I should. Re- yeah, I should record more of our phone conversations. You really should. Yeah. Is, are you going to put this on the podcast? Or is this just a phone conversation? <laughs> this is, yeah. So we should. I'm, I'm just going to start recording the podcast now. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> Hail cheaters. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, good luck this weekend, Brandon. Yeah, same to you. Uh, this is one of those podcasts where I, I will wish you good luck and good fortune. I'm feeling, yeah, likewise. I'm feeling positive likewise. vibes. I, positive vibes to uh, all of our listeners out there. If you like what you hear, don't. Forget to subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast. You can find us on iTunes. We are uh, where you can rate or leave us a review. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, wherever you get our podcasts. And where can people follow us, Josh? Uh, they can follow us on uh, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. They can also find us on Twitter. Uh, we're Hail Cheaters at Twitter, um, at, on Twitter. 
And uh, you can email us. Yeah, can email us, uh, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And uh, the website is alwaystreating.com. So you can find us uh, pretty much anywhere. Just Google us. We're yeah. And, and, and just to reiterate, we'll have a special podcast coming out this weekend for Patreon subscribers. Yeah. And you can find out more about how to support us at Patreon by going to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who does support the podcast. You're it's the best. Uh, very sincerely appreciated. All right. Talk to you next week. All right. Embakani forever. A hail Poku. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.